Hello, everyone. Hi there. Welcome to The, the Cheddar. cheddar. <laughs> Katie, how would you describe the cheddar in one hashtag? The hashtag I would use, Madison, is hashtag not your average podcast. Um, I love it. First of all. <laughs> not your average podcast. You're tuning in. And what do we mean by that? We mean we're all about empowering women. Empowering women wherever you are, however you identify. Mm. We want you to do big things and achieve your goals. Yes. And we are all about women in tech and business. Women entrepreneurs. Just women living your life. Yes. Trying to be a better you. Mm. We're here for you. We are here for you. So the chatter is a place where anyone can tune in and listen. Mm -hmm. Hear about what's going on in tech or... Women in tech. Yeah, we're going to share some girl love, some women that have really impacted the lives we live today, and people yeah. don't talk about them. They don't. They don't. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to share our personal experiences, and really... Have a good time. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> Welcome to the second app. This is an exciting time to be alive. I know you're all waiting for this after the first episode, so here we are, back at it. <laughs> here we are, in the flesh. Just kidding, it's an audio recording. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all the women out there, it's your month. Raise your hands, be proud. <laughs> I've watched way too much Queer Eye. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, my friend was talking about that today. It's amazing, it's everything you need and more. I could, we could do another episode just on Queer Eye. Listeners, if you have been watching Queer Eye, let me know. Um, follow me on Instagram. DM me your favorite character. Mine's clearly Anthony, but Jonathan's a close second. Mm. Wow. I really need to get with it. Yeah. There's only like eight episodes, so it's a quick one. Okay, cool. Cool. We will do a little follow-up on this for those of you who are interested. Um, but anyways, this month of March that we are in, in 2018, is International Women's Month. Yes. Yes. That's the month. And so <clears throat> we've been doing a bit of exploring different organizations because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. they're doing different events for this month. Um, so that's been really cool to explore. Yeah. We're meeting new people. Meeting we're new people. getting out there, getting the brand out there. Yeah. Just sort of sharing our story. Yeah. So it's been this, a good time. yeah, <laughs> it's been, it's been good. And we decided that it would be cool since we are all about women in business and tech, if we shared some of the women that maybe don't get enough recognition for sure in for tech. Sure. Yeah. So we did a little research, a little digging. We found 10 women that we really wanted to highlight in history in the past and bring forth their contributions. Absolutely. Give them recognition. They basically paved the way for all of us girls in tech currently and men, you know? And men. And so we just wanted to give them the recognition, as you said, and just be like, these women are amazing. You mm -hmm. should hear their stories. Mm. And it reminds me of, um, what was the book Nellie was talking about with the, um, the astronaut Ooh. women? Oh my gosh, the name was escaping me. And they like did all this stuff and got no recognition until like very recently. It was a movie. Yeah, it was a, it was a movie. 
Hidden figures. Hidden figures. <laughs> yes, it reminds me of hidden figures. Here are our tech hidden figures. Amazing. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. So we have 10 women, and I'm going to read one, and then Katie's going to read one, and we're just going to talk about all that they've done, how they've impacted, like, the lives of everyone around the world. Literally, if you're breathing, they've impacted you, <laughs> because you've probably used the internet. Yep. Or a computer. <coughs> or a tablet. <laughs> Anything. Or a landline. <laughs> Literally everything. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive into our first woman. Now, I think I learned about her about a year ago, mm-hmm. and then was suddenly revisited to this lovely fact of all that she's done. Okay. So first we have, and I hope I'm pronouncing this, Ada Lovelace. I've, I've always thought it was Ada, but Ada. I could be wrong. So it's either Ada or Ada, and I apologize. But, but here we are. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> this is the preparation that has been done. <laughs> so <laughs> she was born in 1815, which that was a long time ago. That's a good while. And when I think of that, I'm like, there was no tech going on in 1815. Nope. No. Definitely not. But here we have the first computer program. Whoop! Not the first co- uh, women computer programmer. Just the first. The first. The first, everyone. Just, you know, let me announce that. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Ada grew up being tutored in math and science, which was pretty uncommon. Super dope. During this time period. Um, apparently, her mother was the one who instigated all of that. Classic. And at 19, she married and had three children over the course of four years. No thanks. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Not me, but I'm sure that was normal. In 1815. In 1815. <laughs> in 18, uh, at this time it would be 20, nope, 30 something. Yeah. Anyways, so at 26, she's encouraged by her husband, first of all, thank you. Wow. Thank you, Mr. Lovelace. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Lovelace. Just a little shout out. <laughs> She returns to assisting her friend and mentor, Charles Babbage, mm-hmm. who is the father of the com- known as the father of the computer. Whoa, that's that's super cool. That's very intense. I'm curious <laughs> to see what he did. Anyways, so she was working on this project with him called the Analytical Engine, mm-hmm. and basically, she has all these notes that they found where she basically I- explains the foundation for what programming is, or like how we can think of programming. So for those who have never programmed before or maybe interested, basically you're just giving commands to a computer to do some sort of action mm-hmm. and then it does it. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's the gist. <laughs> so, you know, all this fancy language syntax aside, that's all you're doing. And so her description of it is, it can follow analysis but has no power of anticipating any analytical relations or truths. It's um, province is to assist us in making available what we have already acquainted with. So basically whatever you're able to think up in your brain of like, oh, I want the computer to complete this, that's what it's able to do. Um, so that was our first sort of glimpse into the first programmer and what that looked like. But it's really interesting that she says it can't do anything itself because that's sort of the probably the first thought of machine learning and like mm-hmm. what is so big today which is the computer is able to learn and pick up on patterns and make decisions on its own right so i thought that was really interesting 
Um, and basically, yeah, the first person ever to be a computer programmer. Love it. Super yeah. cool. Super cool. Amazing. Okay. So next up, we have Edith Clark, who was born in 1883, mm-hmm. so still in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Edith was the first professional female electrical engineer. I feel like you don't really hear about electrical engineering. Yeah. So it's, I think it's personally really cool that she's out here doing the most. What do they do? I'm unsure, but let's hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so a cool quote from her was, I had always wanted to be an engineer, but felt that women were not supposed to be doing things like studying engineering. First of all, wow. Mm -mm. Um... They can study engineering, and they do. So, <laughs> that's... Thanks, Edith. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome that we've come so far. I mean, we have so far to go, but compared to 1883, mm-hmm. there have been strides. Edith was orphaned at 12 and raised in a Maryland boarding school. Um, mm-hmm. But she received inheritance, shows she was able to attend Vassar, which was then Yale's all-woman sister college. Because wow. only men were allowed to attend Yale. So, Maryland to Yale, real quick. Yeah, real quick. So, then she taught um, briefly in teaching, but she returned as a manager of an all-female, heck yes, team of, quote, human computers at AT&T, which is girl power. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and then she enrolled at MIT, because why not? Yeah, just yeah, that on. Incredibly casual. And she was the first woman to earn an MS in electrical engineering. So then she went back to teaching physics at Istanbul's Women's College. Insane. And returned to the States as a human computer again for GE. So there she created and patented the Clark Calculator, which was a graphical device that solved equations to send power through transcontinental phone lines longer than 820 feet who is this woman like <laughs> i can't even fathom that in the 1883 yeah so this i literally wrote this silenced all her haters <laughs> <laughs> because everyone doubted her and she's like mm, i'm just gonna casually do this yeah wow how much determination do you have to first of all be orphaned go to a boarding school and then be like yeah i'm just gonna go to yale I'm going to do everything they told me I can't do. Yeah. And. It's awesome. Yeah. She's one of many amazing people we are discussing today. So that is Edith Clark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number three. This is actually multiple women that worked on the same project together. And they have an acronym. And it's the Women of ENIAC, which is E-N-I-A-C. Mm-hmm. So this is 1946. We fast forwarded a little bit. Oh, yeah. Basically, the storyline behind how these women came to fame, they um, were basically the emergency squad when there was an SOS situation. (laughs) So the day before it debuted, the world's first general purpose computer failed to work. Amazing. Awesome. Technology's off to a great start. (laughs) And basically... These seven women stayed up really late, probably until the mornings, mm-hmm. to make this beast. So basically the the ENIAC is electronic, numerical, integrator, and computer. That's the first computer. Operational, or the first general purpose computer. Mm-hmm. 
Which is funny because then it says general purpose. It was 30 tons, Amazing. which <laughs> I would love to be holding right now. Um, and took up 1,500 square foot basement. Large. So think imitation game. Yes, machinery. that's exactly what I'm thinking right now. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you're there. Um, and it had 5 million hand soldered joints. So these women were getting down and dirty with these, you know. They're getting gritty. Some, yeah. Gritty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And they were grinding all night to get this to happen. Um, and it wasn't until 1997, which was the year I was born. So that's, that's just crazy to think about. That's 50 years later. 50 years later. was They were not recognized. 50 years later, they're recognized. Oh, my gosh. Into the Women in Technology Hall of Fame. So I was like, ooh, what is this? I'm curious. I'm going to look. So mm -hmm. I looked up the 2016, like one of the 2016 inductees. Um, Kimberly Bryant, she started Black Girls Code, um, which introduces girls of color ages 7 to 17 to the field of technology, whether that's programming or other concepts. So we have some really cool people trying to make change, and it was just cool to see, like, then That's versus so now cool. mm -hmm. um so they induct women in various leadership positions across organizations so a lot of them were like women in higher leadership roles in companies like ibm um and and things like that so that was cool to look at and you know maybe they weren't women ceos but they sort of strayed away from like the ones we always hear about like mm -hmm. sheryl sandberg and stuff right. like that mm -hmm. so i that love was just that cool. though yeah giving, giving recognition to like the people on the sidelines yes Still doing big things. Oh, yeah. Managing teams and doing crazy stuff. So. Awesome. Well, yeah. next up we have Grace Hopper, who's one of the coolest people on the planet. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> this one. She unfortunately passed away in 1992. Mm. But Grace Hopper was a computer scientist, um, a PhD grad from Yale, mm. and a U.S. Navy rear admiral. Wow. Incredibly casual. Wow. She must have a lot of, like, grit. Grit? <laughs> <laughs> she must have a lot of good stories to mm, tell. True. Um, okay, so some of her quotes were, humans are allergic to change. They love mm. to say, we've always done it this way. I try to fight that. That's why I have a clock in my office that runs counterclockwise. Wow. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome, though. Yeah. Like, that's it, it really cool. shows, like, fight the system, I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to be successful. Mm, common theme throughout these girl bosses. Common theme. Okay, so Grace joined a volunteer branch of the Navy known as WAVES, Woman Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Service. Mm. During her career, she worked on Univac 1, the first commercial computer produced in the U.S., and she created the first compiler. Wow. So this is a, a really cool fact that I enjoyed. She's credited with coining the term computer bug, when she found a moth inside the Univac one. <laughs> like, so many people, literally everyone who's ever used a computer has definitely used the term, oh, there's a bug. Like, there's a bug in my code. Like, there's a, there's something wrong with my computer. And it's literally because of Grace Hopper. Ah, uh, wow. So that makes me so happy. She also invented the Flowmatic, which is the first English data processing language, which helped spark COBOL. The Navy's standard operating language, which is a huge deal in the field of technology, mm. and ending Grace Hopper with the best thing of all time, when David Letterman asked her, you know you're the queen of software, right? She literally said, 
More or less. <laughs> and that is why I love Grace Hopper. Wow. <laughs> I am so happy with that story. <laughs> Me too. Man. I'm reading it again. I know. Just for, like, the effect. It's great. Uh, okay. So the next woman who is still alive today... So, send her a little thank you card when you get the chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. We should. We really should. From the girls on the cheddar. <laughs> the cheddar girls. <laughs> She'll know. <laughs> She'll know. Um, her name's Evelyn Boyd Granville. So, she believed, which is something that I can say we both believe, mm-hmm. regardless of race or gender, all deserve access to knowledge. We're snaps. snapping. <laughs> snaps for Evelyn. Um, basically, she that was like her thing. So she attended Yale also, which now I'm like Common theme. really about Yale. Like, <laughs> how can I get What there? are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, she got her PhD and became the second African-American woman to receive a mathematics doctorate at any American university. Wow. Just, you know, hey. That's so How cool. How you doing? <laughs> um, and this is in 1924. So think about that compared to Grace Hopper. It's like she was born 20 years later. Oh, wow. And now we have some, like, colored women going yeah. in and in doing... The 20s. Yeah, just doing the same things. Um, she was a teacher at an all-black college in Nashville. Nashville. Um, at Fisk University. And then she began her professional career doing real-time calculations for satellite launchings. Hidden figures. <laughs> <laughs> Hidden figures. Um, and so she would study the rocket trajectories and, like, the launches, the methods of orbit computation. And, yeah, she was basically helping them with, or them as in the U.S., with the space race, which is, like, how cool is that? That's awesome. Uh, amazing. And then when she was done... She returns back to her school mm-hmm. and teaches for the next 30 years. I love when they give back. Yes. Like, they return to their home, and they're like, I learned all this, and I'm really successful, but I just want to teach you, like, yeah. how I did it. Yeah, I'm so curious, like, the impact that she must have had on yeah. people. Especially, it, it's an all-black college in Nashville. Like, that's just so cool. So that's Evelyn. So thank you, Evelyn. Woo! Still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next we're doing Sister Mary Kenneth Keller. Sister. Sister. She was a nun. Um, she was the first woman to receive a PhD in computer science. Super dope. We're talking 1913 here when she was born. Um, she was a nun who professed her vows in 1940. Love it. Do your mm-hmm. thing. She received a BS and an MS in mathematics from DePaul University. And briefly studied at Dartmouth, breaking the only men rule there. Breaking rules. Break that rule, girl. <laughs> breaking Break boundaries. Break the rule, sister. <laughs> okay. At Dartmouth, she played a huge role in developing a key computer language, beginner's all-purpose symbolic instruction code, which we know as basic. basic. <laughs> and I literally am so angry right now because I just Googled basic, and Google has the designer's as John G. Kimeni and Thomas E. Kurtz, neither of which are sister, Mary Kenneth Keller. So that's fine. That's just We need a little representation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Equality. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay, so she said the world was having an, quote, information explosion, and information is of no use unless it's available. Mm. I love that so, so much. I think we're also experiencing that currently. Um, so BASIC made writing custom software available to those beyond mathematicians and scientists, which, just think of your everyday computer user or programmer, I guess, they were just able to use computers in such profoundly larger ways than ever before. So that's amazing that she unlocked all that access for them. She received a PhD from University of Wisconsin and then Clark College in Dubuque, Iowa, hired her to create and chair their computer science department, which she grew for 20 years. Give them back. Give them back. Wow. (laughs) It sort of makes me think, you know, she's all about sharing the information. Yeah. Thinking like, Maybe these are the first thoughts of open source software. Yes. So, yeah. I just love how when people develop things, they're like, wow, I could keep this all to myself, monetize it, make a profit, Mm. do my thing, move to Bali, and live my best life. (laughs) But all these amazing women are like, no, everyone should have access to this. Mm. Like, this will unlock so many doors for so many people all around the world who will have access to technology and internet in some cases. And that's amazing that they're so giving of their time and effort. Mm. I love that. Me too. Awesome. Number seven, we have Susan Kerr, who was born in 1954, and she is also still alive. Doing pretty well. Yeah. That's, that's like almost wow. 70. Dang. Right? Yeah. Anyways, so she followed her dreams um, and went to a fine arts school in San Francisco, and basically... You know, hers isn't as techie as some of these other women, but she still played a big role in a huge company, Apple. And she designed these, like, simple, elegant, playful icons. Oh. Okay, so for those of us who have a Mac and can see the command key, she made that, like, command icon. It's like a cool H with swirls. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, basically, she made the typeface Chicago which is used in the first four generations of the iPod. And her detail was, like, super clean. Because, you know, like, think Apple, like, everything's super clean. Yeah. Um, she made... How she made everything was through horizontal, vertical, or 45-degree angle lines. And it says that sort of attention to detail has continued to define Apple to this day. That's so cool. Just like, whoa. Even if you're like, well, we don't really use that um, that typeface anymore, Chicago. You're like, well, she's still impacting. Yeah. How she they... paved the way yeah. for their fonts. Mm. That's awesome. As a font lover, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate our good friend Susan. Okay, next up is Carol Shaw, born in 1955, so we're about the same year. I have her listed as a gaming queen. She was born and raised in Palo Alto, super jealous, always good at math, didn't like playing with dolls, but she began tinkering with electronics when she inherited her brother's model railroad. So I have a twin brother. I feel these feels. Mm. Talking about the railroad, she said, I actually designed some circuitry with some transistors and stuff that would turn on the signal light for various blocks showing there was a train up ahead. Like, what? I thought she throws in stuff, like, and some stuff, but, like, I was just doing this cool thing. Like, this is just super casual. It's fine. 
She was drawn to computers in high school when she discovered she could play text-based games on them. Same. (laughs) She attended Berkeley and got a BS in electrical engineering and computer science, and then she attended their computer science grad school. And then she accepted a position at video game company Atari, which is, this next fact blows my mind, she biked 10 miles each way to design and program video games in Sunnyvale, California. Wow. Then she got a job at Activision, another video game company, and she programmed River Raid, which is one of Atari's best-known shooter games. I looked it up. It's the first game that allowed the shooter to accelerate, slow down, and experience non-random repeating terrain, which I feel like is really popular now. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. So she was, like, a main factor in that. Yeah. I feel like, too, the... She must have really loved what she was doing. I know. She was biking 10 miles That's each insane. Way. And then those are hilly roads. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. The dedication <laughs> level that we are experiencing in this room. <laughs> These women are awesome. Wow. So the next woman I have for number nine is similar in the fact that she is, she also played a big role in video game development. Mm-hmm. So we have Janice Swanson. This is 1958 when she was born. Um, basically, she had a rough upbringing. After her father died in Vietnam, she was helping her mom clean houses for extra cash. And she was cleaning this doctor's um, house. And the doctor's wife told her, it will be easier for you if you marry a doctor. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) What? Um, great. And she had always like, aspired to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So when she was told that, she was like, uh, like, I can only imagine. Rude as hell. Rude. Anyways. So at age 15, she fibbed her date of birth so she could um, start slinging televisions at Sears to make some extra cash. Um, And so that sort of translated, many years later, she used her electronic sales experience as manager of computer and technology department at a small store called my child's destiny Mm. and she was really passionate about technology and education she's like yes i feel you that's awesome um and so she received computers and education certificate from berkeley while raising her daughter whoa whoa i can't do that no (laughs) i don't have a daughter but i can't do that (laughs) and it says nothing about a husband so i'm guessing she's doing it all on her own which is crazy girl boss girl boss so in 1988 she starts developing these games for kids because she's all about education kids technology Mm -hmm. her daughter Mm -hmm. her daughter and she struggled because quote we women earned far less than male colleagues had to raise hands to get a word in at meetings and always had a hard time getting men to focus on what we were saying rather than our legs and our breasts end quote (laughs) okay wow just just stopping here okay so, everyone listening in, this is around 1988, right? Around. Yeah. It is 2018. <laughs> okay, so that's 30 years later, mm-hmm. and we have the same problem. Awesome. I love the field right <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, this is the first thing we hear that it was rough for women to get yeah. involved with these projects. And then she's like, let me tell you the real deal. Yeah. And we're like... The, the gritty details of the struggles she's facing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the first mention. Thank you, Janice Swanson. 
and she quits. She quits her job. She gets a PhD from San Francisco State, mm-hmm. and in 1995, starts her own toy company, Girl Tech. Obsessed with the name. Obsessed with the name. <laughs> Side note, we almost called this podcast Girl Tech, but we did. <laughs> we did not. So... Swanson struggled to find investors and vendors initially because she was pitching these products for girls and they would basically say, can you make this pink or can you make this for boys? And she would say, no, this is what girls like to play with. Mm -hmm. So sort of reflecting off our past person, Carol Shaw, who didn't want to play with dolls, she She wanted wanted to play with railroads (laughs) and trains and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, like... You can see that it's still happening here. It's still relevant. Ugh, it is. It is still relevant. We can talk about that. We will. <laughs> so she basically um, sold Girl Tech to Radica Games, which is still around today. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. Um, for $6 million and remained with the company for two years as vice president. Love it. Yeah. Wish she would have been president, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are finishing it up with our last amazing woman, Radia? Radia? Perlman. Um, so, she was described as the, quote, mother of the internet. Whoa. That's, like, you drop that and you're like, that says something. <laughs> but insists the internet was not invented by any individual. So humble. So humble. And we were just saying the other day, no man is an island. And the fact that she's not like, yeah, I invented the whole thing. It's fine. It was all me. Don't worry about it. Mm. It's just amazing that there are people out there that are so sweet and so kind and so humble and just chasing the grind mm-hmm. and want to give credit to other people. Mm-hmm. Love it. She created the algorithm behind Spanning Tree Protocol, which is STP, mm-hmm. and it's vital to operating network bridges and is a foundation of the internet. So I Google that and I found the dumbed down version, which I needed to read. (laughs) Um, STP was developed before switches were created in order to deal with an issue that occurred with networks that were implementing network bridges. It serves two purposes. It prevents problems caused by loops on a network, Mm. and when redundant loops are planned on a network, it deals with remediating network changes or failures. So, a pretty vital piece of technology. Incredibly vital. You need that. (laughs) Um, As a kid, she pressured herself into getting all A's. Hashtag relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she naturally gravitated to math and science because she could, quote, control her grades by just knowing the right answer. I totally understand that. I, I wish I was that way. (laughs) I had to study to know the right answer. I'm sure she just looked at the piece of paper and was like that's it i okay so this is not about women but it's still important to know yes mark zuckerberg said something on a podcast that was like oh he had to prepare for this art history exam oh gosh and he hadn't studied at all he was programming the whole time and he decided instead of studying the material to prepare for this exam he was going to code a platform that all of his classmates could go on to and share all that they knew about each different thing they had to study (laughs) and so basically it's super cool because he's like playing to his strengths focusing on what he loves Mm -hmm. um he was saying like oh i had to create this platform because i knew it was gonna take me forever to study this and it's not like a math exam where i could just go and figure out the questions just finagle his way and it was like do people do that (laughs) these people are so above and beyond i just it's so cool that people exist out there like this. Mm. 
very awesome all right um her mother was a mathematician and computer programmer as well however the two rarely discussed the subject which i find crazy interesting because i'm sure her mother pushed her in the direction because growing up she probably saw her being super successful and doing all this math and technology and she just wanted to be like her mom but the fact that they didn't discuss it in radio radio was still super successful is really interesting yeah that is weird i, I know. feel like maybe they didn't have a, the best relationship i agree we will never know. We'll never know. Um, so then she attended MIT again. What is up with the Ivy Leagues? <laughs> and was one out of 50 females in a class of 1,000. I know. She then published a textbook called Interconnections in 2000 that simplified network routing and bridging. I want to read said book. <laughs> um, and this is ending this episode with one of her quotes. In engineering, the point is to get the job done, and people are happy to help. You should be generous with credit, and you should be happy to help others. Doesn't that just warm your heart? (laughs) That's like everything we just talked about. Wrapped up in one. It really is. (laughs) That's so amazing. These women deserve more credit. Definitely. And we were happy to share them with you for Women's History Month. Amazing. We're glad you learned a little bit more about them. We did as well in the process. Mm, It was definitely super fun to research their lives. Absolutely. Maybe someday we'll be on this list. Who knows? I know. (laughs) The Cheddar Girls, number 11. (laughs) Cheddar Girls. Started Cheddar Podcast. (laughs) It wasn't about cheese. (laughs) Plot twist. They did not eat cheese during said podcast. We should, though. Wait, we literally should. We should get some wine and cheese. I'm into the brie. Wait, we Ooh, should eat cheddar. <laughs> we should eat cheddar, but I love brie. Is Me that too. against our brand? Is that, wait, is that off brand? <laughs> <laughs> so, here's where you can find us. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Cheddarcast. At the Cheddarcast. We are the Cheddar when we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. So we are at the Cheddarcast. Yep, that is us. We have a Gmail if you want to. Send us maybe some episode ideas, yeah. what you want to hear. Your favorite cheese. Your favorite cheese. We really want to know. That's our primary <laughs> concern. So you can email us at the Cheddar Podcast. We're switching it up. Yeah. There is a pod in front of the cast. Take note. <laughs> at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Boom. Once again, at the Cheddar Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. That's it. And you can listen to us as you are doing now. And stay tuned for episode three. Yeah. Wherever you listen, that is Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Anchor. Yes. Choose your medium of choice and stick with it. Or venture out, you know? <laughs> we don't discriminate against these videos. <laughs> we love them all. <laughs> all right. That's all, folks. Have a great week. Have a great rest of your month. Women's History Month. Yeah. Just really... The next four days, make it count. Make it count. All right. Bye. Bye.